Okay, you ready to rock? All right, let's do it. Awesome. I'm with it. Uh, well, thanks everyone for tuning in. This is uh, another episode of the Scoped Exposure podcast. Um, you know, this is uh, we're we're living in crazy days right now, and I wanted to kind of shift our focus and attention towards the the things that matter most right now. And uh, Anaya and I have been talking about doing this for uh, a minute, well before things yeah. kind of uh, erupted. And I'm uh, I feel like you're a great person that uh that can kind of speak on some things especially on the ground so i appreciate you for taking some time out of your day to to chat with me yeah absolutely yeah definitely it was we're gonna do it regardless but you know it's uh it's a good time yeah it's a good time to talk about all this stuff and whatever you know yeah but yeah yeah um, so no, thank you for having me, man. Oh, of course. Um, do you want to just give a, a quick, you know, this, the, these are the bands that I'm a part of. This is how I'd be best known in hardcore and, um, and your name, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my name's in ILA. Uh, currently right now I play in, uh, a band called culture abuse. I play drums for that. I play drums for a band called dare and I sing for a band called Zulu. Mm-hmm. And I think right about now that's, about all I could take because <laughs> I've, yeah, I've been in a billion bands at a certain point and I've been in a few bands at a certain point right now. Three is it's good. I, yeah. 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 It, it's, it's one thing like shout out to my, uh, one of my bass players, uh, uh, Sean, he plays in like seven different bands. I'm like, dude, how do you have any time for yourself to do anything you do, else? You, dude, you can't, it's, I, it's, yeah, it's the people that do that. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know where you guys are finding the time. Cause I've, I've been there. I'm like, I, I got to make up the time, like, like magic or something. You know what I right, mean? Right. Right. And, so. uh, out of, you know, the, the first time that I guess we officially met, like that night kind of f- flew by me, but like Derek came out to yeah. play the, the scope two year in Calgary, which, you know, still is like one of my favorite sets, uh, from last year. So really appreciative, um, for you guys coming out. Um, it was such a whirlwind, so I don't think there was much FaceTime that you and I actually got to have. (laughs) No, we, no, we, we, we didn't. It was, it was, uh, it was super cool. It was cool. It was just such a short amount of time. We were in and out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that whole, that whole trip was kind of like a blur because you're like, oh man. Like, yeah. Plus it was your first we, time like experiencing snow and you're like, what is this? Because you're from California. Well, I, I, I've, I've toured and I've seen snow a bunch, but for like our singer, I think he had never seen snow or maybe, we, I don't know. I can't remember if we had done a tour where we'd been through. It might've been his first time, but, and then yeah. uh, our bassist, Aaron, he's from the Midwest. So snow is nothing yeah nothing new to him but yeah i was just like oh dude the snow the snow business i was <laughs> it yeah. was funny because it was it was mad warm back home and then going from that to the polar opposite i was like jeez yeah yeah pun intended yeah. with that for sure um but definitely out of you know those um those three bands that you're playing in like zulu is probably maybe the one that people wouldn't know the the most or it's not the most common yeah. or name that they've it's- recognized but yeah. Like it's almost the most relevant band kind of during these, these crazy times right now. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, but, right. For sure. For sure. But can you kind of start us off? Um, I always like to get a proper intro for people. Um, and cool. I feel like ex- and especially with this podcast, I want to really understand the context of how you got into music and like kind of how you got into playing drums. Um, and then some of the, oh, okay. the, the undertones of like what's happening in this world and, and how your upbringing kind of affected that. So, uh, can you kind of take us back to the, the early days when you were getting into, into music and, and how that impacted you growing up? Okay. All right. Well, we could take it back all the way to flipping being born pretty much. <laughs> all right. So, uh, my okay, so I'll start it off. My my dad is from Taiwan. He's from Taipei. Okay. And my mom is from St. Lucia in the in the islands. She's oh, she's wow. Afro Caribbean. And like our family probably goes back to it could go it could I'm pretty sure my family's West African. It my mom likes to switch up the story because she's a little crazy, but <laughs> my it, <laughs> roots roots are, are West African and then, you know, went over to St. Lucia, but she came over to so they both came in I think my dad came in the seven. My dad moved out here when he was eight, so he pretty much grew up in LA. Right. But my mom moved out, I think, to Texas. I'm taking. I'm. I'm doing the whole thing. Yeah. I might as well. Please. Yeah. Uh, 
my mom moved out to Texas when she was like 15. And so we have a lot of, we have some family over in Texas. I don't really know my mom's side that well, but some family that's still over there. And then she moved out to LA. Uh, and then my parents met and, but so let me, let me take it to my dad's side. Cause my dad grew up in Los Angeles. He grew up in like, I don't know for people that might see this that are from over here. He grew up in like Lakewood area, Cerritos area. So it's kind of like a little more South than it is. It's closer to orange County sure. than it is that. So he grew up over there and his older sister, my aunt was into punk in like the mid what was punk in like the mid to late seventies sure. and it got him into punk. So by the time he was like a teenager in the early eighties, he started coming around to flipping the LA hardcore punk scene, all the bands that were coming up in orange County, all the band, you know, I could go on that for days, but mm. if you know, you know, Yeah. Right. so we started doing all that. He got involved with golden voice who at the time was putting on hardcore punk shows and they put on hardcore punk shows, rock shows, post punk, whatever, you know, the whole nine. So he did that and then slowly went into getting into like dancehall and reggae into the late eighties after like the, the, the hardcore punk scene over in the West coast kind of died down. Right. It, obviously we know what, we know what it became after that, all the East coast bands that came up like, you know, the youth of today's and the gorilla biscuits. But my dad, by that time my dad was out. So I didn't really get to get properly exposed to that. Sure. Growing, growing up, I was aware of bands like, the circle jerks and adolescents and TSOL. So I grew up listening to that stuff. But anyways, he meets my mom in Los Angeles. Uh, sometime later I come out and then <laughs> <laughs> just, just to, just to fast forward a little. So by the time I was born, my dad showed me and my older brother, a lot of the stuff he was listening to like straight up just out of it. And I was, I'm really grateful that I had that experience. Cause a lot of people, you know, end up finding it and it's cool however you find it however you find music that's awesome if you could find it but i'm i'm personally grateful like yo i got to have that from an early start you know like growing up i was looking at all my dad's tapes and seven inches and whatnot and i remember as a little kid like i'm talking like four or five he used to have the he had the og bad brain self-titled cassette and i would always look at that read the liner and everything mm. and that was like listening to that record and to this day it's still one of my favorite albums like ever since i can remember that's been one of my favorite punk rock hardcore punk records yeah so that's how that happened and i don't know what made me want to play drums i think i always liked the idea of drumming i remember i used to have a little electronic drum kit at like five or six mm, cool and it was like this toy ones you get at like you know at, at a toys r us whatever and, right. and you had a little microphone and you could sing into it at the same time, my, my older brother uh, liked to play bass. So we would jam out together. We would jam out all the time. And yeah, I remember, and we would, you know, we would not make our own music, but we would make medleys out of bands that already existed. I remember we, I remember it was the third grade. He was, he was like three years older than me and I was in the third grade, third or second. And we made like a, a stupidest melody. It was like, it was, it was like a medley of like, it was like, the misfits and like <laughs> like green day and i want to say some like it was like a couple different songs that we liked right we performed it at our talent show or whatever and so early on i was already like yo this is like something playing music was kind of inevitable for the both of us right especially growing up the way you know we grew up in between listening to like hardcore punk and you know our you show us classic rock all the all the cool music that you could listen to we got exposed to and then on top of that like our folks played a lot of reggae right a lot of reggae a lot of dancehall a lot of a lot of that growing up so yeah and all these two you know yeah i've heard it from so many people like who have these like not like large music careers but they're so invested because it was so uh, encouraged at su such a young age, like whether their parents played in bands growing up and did tours, like they just kind of get it. While you know, I I didn't yeah. necessarily like. I I'm personally jealous of that because like I you know I grew right. up with like you know I, like my mom sang in church and stuff like that, but nothing to the d degree right. of like understanding 
that on Saturdays I wanted to go to a show and see my friends punch each other. So right, it's it, and that's I you know I always it's crazy because to a lot of people, like a lot of a lot not a lot of normal people, that's such a foreign concept. For sure, people would be like, "Why would you want to go and do that?" Why and I guess you know growing up I never had that mindset because it was like, "Yo, go out and do music, go and go to shows." You know, this is something that we did growing up so i'm like so but i then i remember i'm like yo so why do my friends parents don't why well this is like as an early kid i'm like why do they not like it yeah and i'm like oh wait it is kind of gnarly when you think about it when you when you step back in retrospect you're like oh people jumping off stages and (laughs) yeah well especially yeah yeah especially in the states where you guys have like you know like up here in canada i feel spoiled to have like you know free health care but like yeah it, it's one thing if you go to a show down in la or wherever you are in the states and god forbid something happens you and you get slapped with a big hospital bill <laughs> yeah exactly but you know that's it. it's the name of the game it's right. a, it's a, it comes it comes with it you know what i mean yeah but that's where i'm like where i think about it, i'm like yo for people that live in small towns like that must be so frustrating for their for their folks to see that but right screw it we're gonna they're gonna do it anyways you know what i mean yeah. like they're gonna they're gonna go out and whether they like it or not that's right. just how it is yeah so so yeah and I, I i appreciate you kind of like bringing us through that like you know from the from the womb to kind of where you are as far as like oh yeah where yeah. you grew up you know some some of the the origins of music in in your family and your upgrade upbringing so i feel like that was super important um I oh, wanna yeah, fa- absolutely i want to fast forward a little bit um i cool. know the uh so we were mentioning earlier the band zulu that came out right. actually pretty pretty quickly after you guys played that scope two year that was like you know early october that started to kind of right you know you you were releasing the um the album art um so can you talk about that band um as as far as i know that's kind of like your you know, solo project in a way where, or at least the origins of it were as far as right. you writing all the lyrics, doing the vocals, doing the drums, uh, the instruments. So talk right, to me right, about right. the origins of that and the why behind why you wanted to, uh, to do that, you know, eight minute EP. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I guess this starts off with, I, I'll go back. I've played drums almost in every band that I've been in. Right. Pretty much. And I've always wanted to do a band where I fronted it. And so I remember before this all even, before the idea of Zulu started, I did want to do a, a, a band. And it had a couple of different evolutions where it started with, it was going to be a vegan straight edge band. Mm. And that didn't end up happening. And then it was going to be another thing and it didn't end up happening. It wasn't until where I was like, all right. And this was a couple of years ago before it even happened. I'm like, we're trying to get it. We're trying to get it going. It's not really working. Can't find the people to be in it. And then I had the, I've always had that idea. Like a lot, I'm sure there's a lot of people that I wanted to do an all black punk rock band, you know, mm-hmm. that's been a, I want to do that for, for a minute. And I remember a, a friend of mine that was at work with me, he had mentioned about starting a band like that. And I was like, that would be sick, man. We just got to find the people. And this is year, like a couple of years ago by now. Where I was yeah. like, yeah, that'd be awesome. You know, I've always thought about that, but I was like, I would love to actually do it. And I'm like, what's stopping me from doing it other than you know, nothing was stopping me really. There was nothing that was, I was like, all right, so let me try to find people in my area that I can get together that I knew that played music. Uh, and I did for the most part, I, I found a couple people. It was hard. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's, it was hard finding black musicians that can play punk rock. You know, yeah. it shouldn't, it shouldn't be at all. But at least on the West Coast, it was not the easiest thing to get to get a lineup together. So I, I got some people together at first. You know, the original Zulu lineup was it was me. Um, gosh, who play? It was uh, Spencer who plays in Trash Talk. Mm-hmm. He was playing bass, and then I had uh, Braxton Marcellos who plays in a billion bands. I'm not even gonna. Everyone knows Braxton, so I'm not even gonna try to. Right. <laughs> but he was playing guitar, and then I had. Uh, James, who plays, he does his vocals in that band Coolside. Oh, okay. And he and he pl- he plays drums for Step for Change. He was he was on drums. Cool. That was the original lineup. And then Spencer had a kid, so he couldn't he couldn't do it. You know, right. reasonably, I'm not going to be like, yo, 
try to start this band up with me, you know. Yeah. I so I, I, before I before I go on, so I was like, you know what? What's a cool genre that would be? I I wanted to play something just hard hitting, something fast, and something that was just like to the point. I wanted to be more to the point than anything because you could have like you could have bands where it's cool to have longer songs. It's cool to depending on what you do, but I wanted this to make a point, but I I wanted it to be short. More than anything. Yeah. And I'm like, what's the you know, power violence? You know? To the point it's abrasive as heck. And that's how my mind works <laughs> in writing music, you know. So I was like, you know what, perfect. This is this is this will be dope. And so through time, then we ended up getting Rob Watson. He's played in a couple bands too. He's from the East Coast. He lives out here now. And again, members start it doesn't work out. Member like they can't put it in their schedule i'm like all right that's reasonable you know i'm not gonna force anyone that can't that can't do it so yeah same thing with james same thing with rob but love those fools still don't get me wrong right but i'm like all right you guys you know you don't it's whatever so to me the show must still go on braxton's still in it and i'm like all right braxton now let me take some time and like we'll figure this out soon because obviously and i'm still playing in these other bands and Right. Yeah. This I think this is right before. This is this happened way before I joined Cold Tributes, and I was still in Dare, mm. playing. You know, we're touring stuff. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna figure this. Out. I want to get the time. So, over like a year and a half or so, I just started writing at home on guitar, and I'm not much of a guitarist, so it took a while to write the songs. It took a while. I was like, what am I? What what works? What doesn't? And I didn't tell anybody about it either. No, like right. I kept it under wraps. You know, I told everyone like that at the time. I'm like, yo, we're doing something, but just keep this under wraps because I want to just drop it and have it be when it, when it's out, it's out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while I'm working on it by myself, it's it's like I said, it took about a year to write all those songs. And mind you, I'm also touring and stuff. So this is like when I'm home, right? And I have and I'm not at work. This is what I'm doing. You know. So I got the songs together. I got the songs together and I think the lyrics was, took longer than anything. Cause I'm not a, like, I'm not a lyricist as well. And so writing lyrics to me was like, it's not the easiest thing. It doesn't, it doesn't come, it doesn't come second nature, mm. but I did want to write. I knew what I wanted to write about. I wanted to write about the everyday life, my everyday life and the everyday life of other black people that live in this country. I mm-hmm. live in this world, but you know, in this country, it's a whole different, it's a, it's a different beast. Yeah. And if obviously you can see it right now, you can see it on the news, how it is. And the fact that everything's going on is because of the treatment of black people right. in this country. So I wanted that first release. I, it took me a while to try to figure out like what I want to talk about. Cause there's so many things like, you know, there's a million things I could go on about, but it's the, the craziest thing is that there's all this information, all this stuff that I want to discuss, but you only get like 30 seconds or <laughs> right. something in a song to make, you know, to talk about it. So I'm like, all right, you got to really make your words count on, on what you're saying. So I start getting it together and eventually I finished the songs. I finished the lyrics and I'm just, it took me like months of just revising, just being like, yo, I want to make sure I don't sound like an idiot. And I want to be like, I want to, I want it, I want it to sound good, but I wasn't showing it to anyone really. So I, it was all in my head more than anything. I was like, all right, I'm just gonna, you know, going, you know, just like any artist going in the, the back and forth of, is it going to sound good? Are people going to like it? Right. But then the other side of me being like, yo, I, I'm going to put it out regardless whether people like it or not. For sure. Yeah. And more than anything, it's not even about the music. It's about the message. Right. So I get the concept together, the artwork I, a friend of mine uh, referred me to this artist and she's from the East coast, but she was studying in South Africa at the time. And I wanted, I wanted all this to come from, from black folks. I wanted it to be, right. these are black voices, black artists that are helping put this together. You know what I mean? On top of my, on top of my music, like, yeah. So I hit her up and she's an amazing painter. Her name's Savannah and I'll, send you links and stuff hopefully like what's her handle just so you can kind of shout it out here let me i can't remember handle off the top of my head 
but because I I don't think it's her name. Oh, but, I see. Well, yeah, I'll definitely include that uh, yeah, once we yes, once please. we kind of wrap up. But yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, but she, um, I got put in contact with her, and I gave her the idea of what I wanted for the cover. By now, by now, I think I was just about getting ready to record it, but I had that idea. I wanted I wanted it kind of collage style, kind of like not collage style. I wanted it like where a, a it lot was of different things a lot to, of different things going on. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you can see on the cover, it's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, uh, and that is kind of like a visual representation of how it is for black folks. Because mm. yeah, that's interesting. You can see people protesting. You see police violence in that. But then on the other side, you see kids playing hopscotch and stuff. I'm like, yo, that's how it kind of is. It, it, mm. It's crazy because we have all this stuff happening, but even still we find ways to live our everyday life, mm. you know? And wow. so it's a lot the, – the cover's a lot deeper than, it, than yeah. at first – I mean, at first glance, there's so much going on. I don't know how, I don't know how people interpret it, but for me, I was like – Wow, it shows the chaos of living a black life. Yeah. Of being being black and living and how it is. So Yeah. There's wow. like a fool doing graffiti and it's it's so much going on, but it's yeah. And I explained to her, I didn't even I didn't even like say I want it to look like this. I just gave the concept of the record. I gave the concept the idea. The only thing I said was I like Hey Arnold and I love the the colors. Yeah. From I, I love the colors that are portrayed on the show because it's so it's warm colors, but it's also really dark. Yeah. If you true. anyone that watched it, it's really like it sets a mood, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And I was like, I like that, and I like the way that looks, and I would love the vibe of that. And she hooked it up with that. Yeah. The, the cover we, that we it would be a disservice if we didn't uh, find out what her tags are. So that will definitely be in the uh, in the show notes or whatever in the description of the video. Oh, yeah. So hard shout out to savannah um and and i think like you said going back a little bit like um there's a ton of hardcore especially in the day day and age that we live in now where accessibility to new music is so easy and um yeah. i i think bands who have lyrics that actually talk about the issues that actually talk about um, real shit always shine a lot brighter than bands who just want to write diss tracks or, you know, joke bands yeah. or anything like that. So I remember yeah. when, when you dropped that and, you know, I went like, if there's any bands who are listening now and they don't have their lyrics on their band camps or whatever, like you're doing yourselves a disservice in a sense. Cause yeah, a lot what's of up with that, what is up with that? <laughs> yeah. Like, don't you want people to like, I guess, you know, don't you want people to sing your lyrics? And a lot of people don't always buy, like, the physical. Right. So, yeah. you know, when people buy the record online, you could at least include it there. Mm. Or if people are going to stream it, do it there too, you know? Right. People want them, people want them, but sorry, yeah, to go, yeah. Yeah, but... um, Put your lyrics online. Yeah, put, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I, you know, today I was, like, listening to... um you know, the album and the EP is called our, our day will come. And, um, yeah, you know, is there any lyrics off the top of your head that, you know, you wrote this in, you know, October or maybe you wrote it earlier, but it came out then. And, you know, the, the struggles right. that, that black people or people of color in general have been, you know, experiencing, you know, it's been for hundreds and hundreds of years. So these yeah. feelings and the ideas have always been prevalent, but, is there any lyrics that you wrote down that you're looking back, you know, in the last week and you've been like, wow, like this rings like so true, like to this very, you know, moment that we're, well, we're all in there right now. Um, any lyrics that I wrote, I think all of them, yeah. I think, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's one lyric that is, that stands out, I guess, uh, the concept of the first song, We've Only Just Begun, it's, there's, I can't remember the line. I'm going to sound like, I'm going to uh, sound uh, like such a toy if I don't, if I don't <laughs> know my own, my own, my own lyrics. Um, uh, gosh, what's the second, the second verse is, uh, I know it's hard. Is that, 
yeah yeah i know it's hard but dry your eyes we've just begun can't give up that's literally what's going like that alone right now yeah that well, that line was just about living that whole song is about living it's it's tough living out every day mm-hmm. being a black person it, so that's where it's like that's what that lines of that whole section is just it's really tough but this is just the beginning every day is a new beginning Mm-hmm. So that's like we've just begun. That's the start of a new day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every yeah. day we've just begun to because you never know what's gonna happen. You go outside your house, and you could. Yeah, and shoot. It, yeah, it's 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 crazy because like you know looking at that, and if you're thinking about all the protesting and the riots, it's like, you know, you know, I, I've seen a, a I've seen so much shit over the last week, but like yeah. seeing so many people being like, I'm tired, and you know, like. Um, oh, yeah. you know, reading that it's like, you know, dry your eyes, like whether, you know, you have pepper spray, yeah. or, you know, bullets or anything like that. Like it's, 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 cra- now, yeah, it's now crazy you could, yeah. on how the, the relevancy can, can transport you in a way. So, cause now, yeah. And that has a whole new, that could have a whole, like you said, that could have a whole new meaning to that Yeah, because it's, yeah, but that, and, um, if there's any other song Obviously, the last song is about police brutality. The last song is about police violence, everything, you know, all that. The fourth song, it is five songs. I'm, I'm, I'm bugging out. It's five songs. The fourth song, uh, Watch Me From The Sideline. Uh, it's just about people, like, there's a lot of people right now that are literally, that aren't doing anything, that aren't, that haven't said anything about it, that haven't actually spoke up when they should be people that claim to care you know what i mean right and so that song what is yeah um the lyrics are you lie you didn't you lie you don't care we're killed every day you stand by silently i'm pretty sure that's the lyrics Mm -hmm. that's if if it's so obvious what i'm saying i'm not like real quick about with the with the zoo lyrics and stuff i i wasn't trying to be poetic Right. I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be like a genius. I'm not a genius when it comes to lyricism. I'm I'm if anything I'm just trying to be upfront and like this is as real as it comes. Right. Like and that's I, I I didn't want to sound like I didn't talk if that makes sense. Like I want to sound like me. Oh, Cuz a lot I of see. people yeah, yeah. when a lot of people write lyrics not not saying it's a bad thing. Some people are really poetic on how they talk. I'm like, "Uh I'm sure you don't actually talk like that, but that's cool, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. That's not really my that's not really my vibe. Yeah. But that's just me being real. Like I want I want to sound like how I talk, like how I would say it. And so that's literally like, yo, I would be like to people that actually that front like they care. I'm like, "No, you don't." Like you, there's so many times you've seen which I hate to see videos of people getting killed, you know, and on being blasted on social media. That's the worst. Yo, we don't need to see that. It's good to be informed about what's going on, but there's a lot of just trauma that comes with it. Yeah. So to a lot of people that that a lot of people are desensitized by that, but myself included, which sucks, you know, which I shouldn't be desensitized to people getting killed and seeing and seeing that stuff. But there's a lot of people that just see it and like they don't care. They don't actually they don't do anything about it. And I'm like, yo, I see y'all. Like Every day, like, yo, you guys aren't slick. Like, you guys are, you guys try to act like you care so much, but then the stuff happens right in front of you and you just kind of, you stay, you just stay silent. Yeah. And you I, don't speak up on it. I, I think the, the sign that I've seen a number of times is like, if, if seeing, um, you know, if, if seeing posts about being racism is, you know, fatiguing or you're tired of seeing it, imagine the people that have experienced it for yeah numbers exactly and numbers of years like it's it's been it's been um it's been interesting to see especially like people outside of hardcore and punk because you know people and bands talking about that is like kind, not second nature but it is very common but yeah as see, it should be yeah yeah and like yeah. seeing people in you know normies if you want to call them that like who are talking about these things and 
like, I don't know. I, I really personally struggle with people who are like talking about black lives matter, but not connecting that to the police and you yeah. know, just being like, Oh yeah. So like, um, how, how are you, yeah. How are you going to say black lives matter? But then on the other hand, try to like befriend the police and like not talk about the, the side of it. That is it. It's, it's one and the same. Right. If you're talking about Black Lives Matter, you're talking about how corrupt the police are. Like, how are you going to continue to defend the police on them? Like, yeah, it, it does make any sense. Yeah. When people try to, when, when, when you flip flop like that, like those are just fence walkers. Right. Like trying, like, it, it's, it's weirdos, it's weirdos. <laughs> yeah. Um, at the end of the day. You know, like being based in LA, like that's obviously like a, a big, like, um, there's lots of activity, lots of protests, which is, oh, yeah. which oh, is yeah. good. Like, you know, it's, it's good to have those, um, you know, those people and those things, um, be held accountable. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw the, the LAPD did like some kind of zoom stream. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was, the, it was the police commission board. Right. They were, and I was watching it for a long time actually. And it was so satisfying to watch those fools get chewed out. Right. We're talking about the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They it was the it was the What's that dude say? I yield I yield my case. I'm out or something. <laughs> a lot of people yeah, a lot of people that were joining on, which actually this is if they people that were yielding their time, it was supposed to give to the next person, but they didn't do that. Oh, so yeah, I see. The entire time. But it was the police commission and it was the chief of police. I think his name is Michael Moore, something like that. That mm. clown just all those fools are clowns that all those fools are clowns straight up but he yeah i mean he's that whole thing was about trying to get him to resign or to get him fired because look at how on top of not that it's not happening everywhere but in la we got such a big history on police violence police brutality it goes back far so right now and current state like yeah he's got he's got to go all all chiefs got to go they got you know there's so much that needs to be done but yeah i was watching i watched it and people calling in it was great to hear that people showed out and like were cussing these fools out live on air yeah because i'm like yo they deserve like like i feel like these fools don't actually like i don't know that they don't know how people feel but if they didn't then they do now Right. The amount of people that called in to talk about what was going on, yo, it's people are people are angry. Myself, everyone should be angry, but like people in LA are fed up, yo. Like, mm. yeah, and we've been fed up, so yeah, yeah. And so, like, what would you say? And maybe this is the larger scale question of this whole podcast, but like, I I, I think a lot of people are angry, and a lot of people right. are trying to figure out like what's the what's the means uh to help or like to you know turn that anger into fuel to to make change so what are like the things off the top of your head and i don't want to like um the question isn't necessarily to be like you need to direct us because i saw a homie of mine being like if you're coming to me with answers without doing your research like like do your research yeah, when it comes to things. And exactly. I'm just, I'm just exactly. always curious if there's something specific, um, e- whether it's regionally that you want to highlight or, uh, a specific. Yeah. Yeah. No. And yeah, I, I, I respect that. You know, you said that like that too. Um, there's a lot of things that could be done and I guess some of the, a lot of people overlook this, but like talking to your families talking to your friends that don't maybe, maybe they're not even your friends, but talking to people, having that conversation about what's going on. Cause there's a lot of people that are seriously misinformed people that live in, maybe they live in a small town. Maybe they don't, maybe they live in a big city, but there's a lot of people that straight up are ignorant to the fact that this stuff happens every day. Mm -hmm. A lot of people just are blinded by the news and we all, we all know you don't trust the news. You don't trust like big, you don't trust Fox. You don't trust that stuff. Like right. it's all, it's all fake news. So something that people can do that anyone can do, you know, talk to your family, talk to your friends or talk to your peers or whatever. Maybe you go to school and there's people at school that, you know, you might run into someone that's like, Oh, I don't think all oh, police are bad. You know, this and that, like right there, you could change someone's opinion by just having a conversation. Maybe you can't, 
but at least that's where the effort comes in. Like that's one way to do it. Right. And especially the older generation, those are the fools that the fools that are still around. You got to be like, yo, like understand that. I, I don't know why people are that ignorant, but trying to change their opinions. That's, that's something that we all can do. Yeah. That's some, that's, that, that's what's going to really help is when everyone's on board. Cause if not everyone's on board, then you're just going to have people fighting each other on and you see it, you know, it's easier to see online because with social media, you could look through comments for days and like right. see how ignorant people are fighting each other on in the comment section. Like, yo, if everyone was on board with, and if everyone knew that's the start, that's a, that's a big start, you know, having those uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy to address your like, you know, kind of like, grandma who's like a little too leaning in one direction to be like hey oh, yeah. i know like you've believed this your whole life but you know i i think i saw something where it was like it was just a video of these like two kids you know i think they were like between four and eight or something and you know one's one's white one's black and they're just like they right. run at each other and give themselves a, a hug. oh yeah so like racism oh, yeah, is is taught so in theory oh, it can be yeah untaught but obviously like if you have seeds planted in your mind of when you look at someone and you think a certain way like those you know if you ever pulled out a like it's like summer here so like we're doing a lot of gardening and there's like some deep weeds that we as a society really need to to look in the mirror and pull those out and pull out the weeds of you know the our people in our families in our work circles and and things absolutely like yeah absolutely and those are all that's where it all starts it's it that's what helps the most and that's what everyone can do mm-hmm. that's not just like if if you're unable to go and protest or if you're unable to if you don't have the ability if you don't have the resources to inform people online or post about it yeah those few things really go a long way you know what i mean yeah and that's where that's what's going to, yeah, it's, that's what the next generation of kids are need to know. And they need to be taught it too. They need to be taught what's happened in history, where they are, like where we are right now. Yeah. Like literally we're being on stolen land and that's not properly taught in schools. Right. You know what I mean? That alone says a lot. Like, you know, growing up in school, I didn't, they, they like briefly touch on the civil rights movement and they briefly touch on all that stuff. They don't even talk about the fact that we're on stolen land. They don't talk about any of that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those things need to be taught, you know, that's, and that's another, another thing that can be done is actually trying to get it into our school system. Like, like this needs to be in the, what's um in the uh, curricular. Yeah. The curriculum. The curriculum. Oh, that's not the yeah. right word. But yeah, yeah, we're on the same page. You know what I you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, screw all that. But yeah, that needs to be taught in schools. Like it's it's unbelievable. Like I was talking to my my friend who's uh and she's a kindergarten teacher. I'm like mm-hmm. they they do their own lessons plan plans or whatever. I'm like and she was talking about yeah, like right now I'm teaching my kids like and this is insane cuz right now there's no school to go to. They're doing like people are doing this on zoom classes right i'm like we live in such a crazy time so i'm like on top of there being a literal revolution outside the door mm-hmm. people are still in school on zoom doing online classes or whatever but she's teaching her little kids about what's going on i'm like that's awesome yeah like that you should like they should be you know from early to understand what's going on and what that to understand yeah to understand what's going on really yeah that's it you know yeah and like some homies of mine have had kids in the last couple of weeks and i'm like man like oh yeah. them being like yeah i remember exactly when you were born because we had a pandemic and we had revolution and like like yeah. protests oh, in yeah. the streets so but, exactly but i do i i do agree that like if you're in a place of influence, whether that's, you know, teaching or you have a platform like speaking exactly. out is, is so important. Um, I'm, I'm almost oh, it's, like yeah. put off by seeing, um, certain things. And, you know, like I, I kind of wanted to halt any pre-recorded episodes for this podcast or other people that I had hit up. I'm like, no, it like, this is the conversation that needs to be had. Like right, not just right, like right. now, 
but like probably, you know, continually into the weeks and, and months leading after this, because as much as yeah. it is scary to see all these, um, all these people being wrongfully charged and, and shot at and, and all this, uh, all this garbage, um, it is a, a very pivotal moment and it's, uh, yeah, straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking on, um, you know, uh, being in LA again, um, has like, I think I, I've seen you like kind of on the streets doing some protesting stuff. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. I've been out every day, every day I could be. Yeah. Um, I, I got actually real quick. I got arrested the second night stuff popped off over here. Oh really? Yeah. I got arrested for what the police say was, uh, disobeying a dispersal act or dispersal order. So they try to say, oh, like to to tell people to leave, right. like which this this is the second the second night this popped off, and I think I'll just be real quick. Um, stuff in uh, Minneapolis is already going down. It's been a couple of days for there. So this is the second, like the first day, people took to the freeway. The second day, people started marching, and I went I went I went down to check it out, and I started I joined in. I'm like, yo, this is what's up. I'm gonna join in. They took. I guess you could say it wasn't organized because this is just people that were angry and this is people that just wanted to hit the streets. And so everyone started seeing it on their phones. Everyone hit the streets. They, so we get to city hall and they literally, the police started trapping in people, like start trapping in the, they start cutting off the streets for people to leave. Right. And so by the time we get to city hall, they had it all on four sides. And oh. so, this is, and they didn't say a single thing. They just, this is just literally them trapping me like, yo, we're trying to leave. And they're like, nope, you're going to be, everyone that was there was going to be arrested. Um, there must've been like 400 of us. You know what I mean? Mm. 400, 500 of us. And they're like, yo, you guys like they're So they tried to say that, um, and it was, it was, it was illegal as heck that they did that because oh, sure. they did the, they, they did the order after the fact, like right. they said, they said, so now everyone wants to leave but then now you're like all right you can't leave because you've been asked to disperse when they didn't, they didn't ask right. so we all got like 400 500 people individually got arrested this is, i think they've been doing this to everywhere they've been putting people into a kettle mm. and then closing it smaller and smaller yeah so they've been so that happened to me the second night and uh we ended up all going to flipping uh a detention facility downtown and by the time i got out it was people had started people had been riding all night and we'd just been trapped waiting it waiting to get uh sighted right so yeah I, so, but that's real quickly yeah i just that's what happened uh yeah but like you know kind of jumping off of that like um i follow uh josh who plays guitars guitar and stick to your guns and uh he he was posting something of like there was a curfew at like 8 p.m. and it was like 5:45, and then they were like, "Okay, we're we're pushing the curfew back to six. And people were like, "Well, you know, like yeah. depending on where they're parked or whatever." It's like, it did that, yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, like you know, there are some like gut wrenching, horrific things that I've heard cops say uh, or do, but like the the disorganization of of how they're trying to you know really oppress people and you know try and control the situation when all like every single time like if they just kind of like stood back and just let people congregate and and be together to protest it like there wouldn't like i haven't seen any issues where that's you know where where things haven't been escalated because of them yeah, it's always been. It's it's literally everything that's happened has been because of them. Yeah, all the everything is started by the cops. The violence is always started by the cops. That's always been the case, you know. Right. Most of the time, most people are just ups. Most most everyone's upset. Everyone's like mad that everyone's mad. So obviously, everyone's taken to the streets. And then there's people that you know start destroying stuff and start 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 looting and whatnot. And to me, my my opinion on all that is. If you're not doing it to small businesses and you're not doing it to, and I'll probably get some flack for this, 
someone. Someone's gonna have a problem. But It'll be one person, but they'll they'll get killed always. by everyone else in the comments. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if you're if you're as long as you leave small businesses alone, you leave businesses that are owned by, of course, black, brown, and other other people that aren't white necessarily. Mm-hmm. As long as you leave small businesses alone. I don't care what the I don't care what you do. You could right. get a Target, get any 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 of those multi-million corporations. You they they can go for days. Like I don't care. Like tear that down, because that's ha- that's a part of it. That's a part of what. Right. When you're in it, yo, like people are mad and want to take that down. And all those companies, anyways, you already know, probably support Donald Trump's campaign. Probably support some racist campaign that's going on. So. Without going into all that, but yeah, they all, they for sure, like, yeah, I don't, I don't care what you, yeah, that's all, that's all, it can go, yeah. it can go, so, yeah. but people that trip on that, I'm like, you're really going to trip on that when we're getting killed out here, Yeah, like, really shows what you, what you value more, you know? For sure. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah. On, on the topic of, of small businesses, I think I saw a clip where, you know, there were some, um, and, and it's always kind of up to like, like who, who are the actual people who are like looting per se? Is it, is it white right. people? Cause you know, like they might not have, um, like it, it's, it's a bit different when it's like someone who's white versus someone who's black. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is. And there's, I mean, there's so many videos out there you can see, but I mean, I've seen it firsthand. I've been on, I've been on, on the streets seeing fools get it. Yeah. And it is just random people. Yeah. All different. I haven't really seen white people doing it, but that's just me. I'm right. sure there's white people out there trying to cause damage and, and loot and stuff. I'm like, well, you guys got it all wrong. It's it's not for you guys to do. You guys should be in the front line defending us. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think I saw it was like the best thing you can do if you're at a protest and you're white is be the person in between the police and, and someone of color because like there's there's just, again, that mindset that was taught to them either growing up or in the police force that it was like, this person's a target and, you know, this person isn't. And so if you can be that, you know, for lack of a better term, meat shield, um, that's a Gears of War yeah. reference. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, and it, it, yeah, it's, it's important for sure yeah. that, that they're defending black people and defending other people of color. Yeah. That's, um, that's important. You know, uh, you know, maybe this is one of the last things that we can kind of hit on. And, uh, Anaya, I definitely want to do a, a second part two episode. Cause I think originally yeah, we were going to, you know, talk about the yeah, prequels we, and Star Wars, and, uh, like, which I, I would love, I, I would love to do that. So I'm definitely down to do a, a part two. Yes. Granted everything that's going on. I'm glad that you talked about what's, you want to talk about more what's going on. And I appreciate that because yeah. it is important for people to know if, if they didn't already know. Yeah, it, it would just be a little yeah. disingenuous if we were just nerding over yeah. the pot, the pod race scene and Phantom Menace. Oh yeah, yeah, we could. I, I'm 100 down to Kay. to do all that and at a later date. Let's yeah. let's get it for sure. So yeah. if, if you want to hear that, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. But um, you know the, the maybe the last thing that we can kind of end on um because because we alluded to this in a way where there are maybe people who have uh had open their eyes a little bit more to um, the police brutality in this, in this world and, and right. things like that. And um, the, the common thing is like, Oh, it's a few bad apples or there's like, Oh, here's a, a Forbes article of like, you know, cops kneeling and like doing yeah. stuff like that. Like, all that, all that nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, obviously if, the there's going to be a majority of people who are watching or listening who have seen you know oh there have been police who are like kneeling and then as soon as the media is gone then they're beating the shit out of everyone so right, i guess like right. from your perspective as someone who is um who is black and has been like on the front line so to speak like what is maybe the thing that you would say to kind of pull that person over to to give them the true perspective of, you know, the, um, the, the, the true nature of, of that scenario. Um, uh, I think at this point I'm very, 
I'm very direct about everything that's being that's going on. So to those few people that I was about to call them fools, but <laughs> to those few people <laughs> that that think the police are your friends or anything like that, they clearly got to do some more research on. They got to do some. I don't know how much more research you can do. It's so obvious how bad they are and how disrespectful that is to see a cop kneel down with kneel down with protesters when in in like literally in a in a couple hours from then they're going to be like you said they're going to be smashing people they're going to be beating fools like it's just so disrespectful like how how are you going to how are you going to i i don't know how to how how much I, I don't know what I would be able to say to, to someone because I would be more angry and I'd, I'd be a little bit more heated than to be like, yo, like you like <laughs> if you can't see it now, if you can't see like and understand how disrespectful that is, then you never are gonna. Mm. <clears throat> so I don't know what I, what what I could really say to change someone's mind. Yeah, that they haven't already seen. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, like I've been thinking about this over the last little while. Um, and especially with like coronavirus and whatnot, but like if, you know, like lots of hand sanitizers are like kills 99% of germs. Right. We as humans just accept that as being like, that does the job. That's, you know, it's 99%, but it's essentially like, I'm, I'm not thinking about that 1%. So right. how in my mind, I apply that equation to like police brutality. If 99% of cops are, you know, oppressing, racially profiling, and killing black Americans, Canadians, whatever it is. And there's 1% of cops who are cops for the right reasons and stuff. It still is like all cops systematically are have that mindset. And Yeah, straight, yeah, straight up. And I'm, I'm just like, when those people say that stuff, I'm like, I, yeah, I don't think you get it because you're right it's they support a system that's based on racism and hate they are literally their jobs are to enforce that Mm. exact thing whether they whether they want to accept that as a reality or not Mm. that's the truth and you could see it every day you could see it literally maybe maybe some people don't see it every day but you you're able to see it online if you live in a if you live in a small town where you're white and the cops love you you could go online and see a video of what it's like to be black and see them getting beat for no reason. Uh, yeah, they are, that's their jobs is to spread hate and they support that racist system. So there is no, you know, how are you going to say there's a good cop if you're, if you're a cop and that's what your job is to do, that's not good. And this is me just kind of breaking it down to be like, it's, it's just not good. You know what I mean? So there, that literally means there are no good cops. So I don't. So to those few people that become cops, thinking they're going to change the system or they're going to try to do good from the inside, I'm like, you're wasting your time. Right. Like you're wasting your time, and you're just getting brainwashed. Yeah. They're getting brain. They're going to get brainwashed w- within that circle, but you're not gonna. You're not going to change anything from inside. Yeah. Like, it, like, like, I, like people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, I've, I've seen a lot of people who like, I think the Western world or Hollywood or whatever you want to call it. Like there are a lot of things growing up that kind of like glorify police work as being this super noble thing and, and things like oh, that. Yeah. And, and yeah, I've, absolutely. and I've heard like, you know, going, going to school, like people are like, yeah, I want to be a cop because I want to, you know, protect my community and things like that but like when and and i know this isn't like me being 27 and bitter or anything like that like it's just it's not the reality that it's portrayed so yeah oh um, yeah it's it's not at all and they yeah. that's that's how they they reel people in they make these co- they make cops look like they're the best and they make them look like they're there to protect and serve when in reality their job is to protect property to enforce these racist laws mm-hmm. that are that in at least in our country are still in place like so many things that are against us are still technically relevant 
in our society and in our country. Mm-hmm. And they just enforce that. And I'm like, <laughs> there you go. Like literally, if you want to really read into it, they aren't, that's not, that's not good. Yeah. Like if you have to like kind of tell some, if you wanted to tell someone like, look at what in our country is, sorry, I'm like trying to, I'm, kind of rambling on a little bit. Look at look at what's enforced and you'll see how messed up and racist it is. And look at the police, that's what they they're defending that and they're that's what they're there to um that's what they're there to uh enforce. Mm-hmm. Um, literally that's there's no yeah, there's literally no good explanation to why you why they're why you think they're good. There's no explanation to to save that um save that argument yeah yeah it's uh it's it's truly uh a a pivotal time for people especially who who do wear a badge like i have seen a couple and you know this gives me a little bit of hope that seeing a couple people who are like yep i resigned today i'm I'm not putting my riot gear on anymore like I'm finding a new profession and like I think yeah. that's you know it takes a lot of courage for someone to do that like if their whole life they're like I'm going to be a cop I'm going to do these things and then they realize like they just if some people like take a look around and be like what am I actually doing here you know and I, right. I, I've seen and and the system doesn't want that humanistic aspect like I've seen videos of like cops like standing in the line and one's crying and then one of the guys is like okay this guy's like unstable to to do the job so they like remove him and you know who who knows where he is but um yeah change is needed um it's it's you know we're all watching and you know trying yeah. to take part you know whether we we live up in Canada like like I am or if we're down on the LA streets so um yeah uh I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to think it's, you know, yeah. no, it's yeah. Straight up. No. And, and I, obviously there's two for me. I'm like cops that resign or cops that are resigning. I'm like, that's good. Like you realize how corrupted your system is. You're, you know, most cops are just brainwashed. Mm-hmm. A lot of cops, obviously we know are white supremacists. A lot of cops are in it. But when you see police that are black yeah, and you see cops that are, other people other people of color i don't like to i don't like to bunch people in like that so normally i don't like to bunch people in but it is i'm like what are you doing like like yes like you know past couple of days i've just been like looking at these these people lined up and like yo you're a straight up like you're a traitor and you're a you're a, yo like you're a sellout all the cops are all cops are sellouts but like yo you're a like if you're black and you're out there and you're, oh, yo, it's so frustrating. Sorry. It's yeah. just like, if you're black and you're a cop at a defending police at a protest that are about your own kind, destroying your own kind in a way, you know what I mean? Your own kind being police, killing your own race. I, I don't know how, I don't know how I would be able to feel good about that. I'd be like, I would be so conflicted yeah. if I was in that position, but I'm not because I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not silly enough to think that the police are any better than uh sorry i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of jumbling up but you know what you know what i'm saying yeah but like i i think that's a i like that that like i i was curious if we would even go there but yeah like seeing videos of like police brutality like generally speaking it's like a white older police officer let's just play that stereotype but seeing uh an, like a middle-aged or an older uh black gentleman uh beating up another black person with other white cops like to me i'm like what's going on here like i don't i don't understand that now now that's a whole another yeah that's a whole another conversation on its own and that's something that's happened through history it's, uh black on black violence is a big thing now black on black violence where the other side is police that's a whole another thing too because that's existed it's like they're brainwashed as heck to to try to like gain the respect of their fellow officer peers 
which is just complete it's complete nonsense you know those few that are brain that are brainwashed that hard i'm like yo they need to come back to the right side because you're literally on you you are on the wrong side if you're if you're if you're black and you're an officer or anything like that you know you're not on the right side and you're not going to gain these people's respect they're just using you to go out in the community and this like i said this whole conversation we can go and do another time but yeah. yeah they they use these op they use these people to go out into these lower income communities to act like they're one of them to go out and then you go on to south central right or you go to watts or you go to compton and it's usually not white officers it's usually black and brown officers to try to make it seem like they're personable mm-hmm. which is all just that's just not it's ridiculous i'm yeah. like really like that's it's 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 so disrespectful because i'm like Yesterday, I was driving through South Central, dropping off the homie, and they have billboards with police officers talking about join the force, and it's a black officer. I'm like, that's the most twisted thing mm, yeah. in your own community. Like, that's just so that's so twisted to try to brainwash people. I'm like, I'm not. I see through that. I'm not. I'm not getting fooled by that nonsense. Right. You know? Yeah. No, and and I appreciate that we hit on that even even it as, is, yeah. uh, a bit, but a larger topic that maybe we can chat about another day. But um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think for people that are listening, if you want to look, if people could look into that or, you know, listen to the song Black Cop by KRS-One, he talks about it all right there. Mm. Like it's very, it, it's a, I mean, the album comes off as great. And obviously if you're a hip hop fan, KRS-One, you know what he's about. You know, he's about, Yeah. he talks, he's really political, but that song right there talks a lot about what I would like to go further into, but I, it's, it's so much to even, right even think about right now with everything happening so yeah well um anaya this has been a, a beautiful hour of conversation around the black lives community and the movement and the revolution uh, i appreciate your time i appreciate your perspective your thoughts thank you um thank you so yeah thank you for having me oh, thank of, you of course um i was trying to, to talk about this too i was trying to think about uh normally what we do to kind of end or bookend these podcasts is a, a favorite mosh story, but that feels a little um, out of context, fa- I guess. So a favorite, a favorite what? Sorry, a favorite mosh story. But you know, oh, because okay. we, could, we, we talked very yeah. little about hardcore, and I want to keep everything kind of packaged all together. Um, yeah, is there um, any black uh, businesses, bands, uh, songs, educational pieces that you want to shout out to? Kind of. You know, I feel like that's more appropriate versus being like, I punched this dude in the face once and it was sick. Right, right. Um, wow, there's so many businesses over here in LA. I couldn't even begin to to say all the names. So I'll just say I'll be posting about it. Right. The next time there's lots of there's lots of restaurants, lots of business, lots of businesses. Um, in terms of bands, there's so many different bands. There's bands like uh oh, there's the homies in Playtime from Atlanta. Shout out to them. Shout out to the homie Bree and Buggin from Chicago. Shoot, I can. Oh, there's, there's so. I can, this is such a big. This is such a big list uh, yeah. of of black musicians and and black people in hardcore too. Uh, let me. I'll just. I'll just keep it. Shout out to Move Boston Hardcore. Shoot, shout out to Jesus Peace. They're always representing. Love those fools. Um. There's there's so many. Yeah. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to uh, get back to you on that on the next one. Yeah, I have a whole list for you. Of yeah, people that I can shout out. Yeah, and and maybe it'll be more like Star Wars Star Wars related shout outs. But um, anyways. Yeah, um, they're, they're, yeah, for sure. And, <laughs> I'm, and, I'm excited I, for that podcast once we actually do that one. Yeah, as well. same. Yeah. And I'll you know I'll I'll leave it at this. And this is a good example. And I saw a post about it the other day, which I reposted. But and this is pretty relevant. You think Star Wars, and you think about the Empire, and you think about why are people fighting why are rebels fighting against the empire because they recognize that it's a corrupt system and they will stop at nothing and the post that i saw talked about that and and they were talking to white people being like how could you understand that concept but not understand the concept of people wanting to fight against our system and the police yo like i'm a giant star wars fan so obviously that was i'm like yo right i've always thought about that and i'm like yeah, how the heck are you not going to compare both or put two and two in this situation? But 
for some reason it makes sense and you cheer for the rebellion like you should be cheering you should be cheering for the people out here that are fighting against these fools because these fools are worse than the empire yeah they you know i mean well the empire is really bad really bad but <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to go yeah, off we're, we're going yet. on the tangent but i i think the, the point is clear you know um this this is the time to to, to choose the the right side and and fight with yeah. uh, your fellow conrads and, and allies um, exactly you you were mentioning as far as like reposting and resharing stuff um, how do people keep up with you on social media whether that's instagram twitter uh any handles that you want to say i'll just kind of put them on the screen here oh yeah i don't have i just have instagram i've i've decided that twitter is too much for me yeah. So I've stayed off Twitter uh, reasonably as, as you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have Twitter that can agree with me, but if you want to hit me on Instagram, it's Annihilate, just my name yeah. at an, at Annihilate. Yeah. So, and, and definitely um, go check out Anaya's bands, Dare, Culture Abuse, and Zulu. Zulu specifically is an album. Heck I yeah. highly recommend you listen during this time. Um, again, thank you so much for coming thank on the you. podcast and, uh, and jamming with me. Oh, thank you so much, man. I'll, be in contact and thank you for hearing what i have to say of course